Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Eddie Lenahan here once again and originally I came from Brosna but Brosna was always famous for music. The O'Connors, great fiddlers, wonderful people but then that's not surprising because Brosna is at the edge of Schlievluchra and Schlievluchra, well I don't have to mention to anybody in Ireland, Schlievluchra is... Musician's Paradise. Except that you'll always meet in any paradise. Uh, something that doesn't quite fit in. Now, <laughs> there was a man called Sean O'Connor. And he didn't quite fit in. He had a fiddle and he had a bow and a bag to keep them in. But he didn't quite fit in. He'd go along to the local Cayley. And there was plenty of them at that time. And when the rest of the dancers and the musicians especially got tired and they were getting their mug of tea, of course, nobody wanted to stop dancing because to get into a dance that time cost sixpence and sixpence was had come by. Everyone wanted to, want to keep dancing. And sometimes, well, the <laughs> third division musicians would be called in and Sean was that, no doubt about it. He wasn't like his brother's. And uh, he didn't realise that. Nobody wants to be thought, well, think themselves, uh, third class. So up he'd get and play and play and play, except <laughs> it wasn't quite playing, it was scraping. And you know yourself, when people be dancing a set now, or dancing a carry slide or whatever, 
He'd put him sliding all right. <laughs> God almighty, they'd be going this way. Jesus, God bless you. Will you stop? Anybody who had a... a, a, a no, he bought a giant. That he bought a giant when Sean would be finished. Uh, well, he never got to finish. Because it was a case of, God bless you, go home, God damn it. And many and many is the night he got a kick on the arse out the door. Go, go, go out of it. And, and that was, that was tough. That was tough. It mightn't happen now. You'd be asked politely, uh, well, <laughs> to go about your business, please. He got cut by the scruff of the neck and a kick on the arse out the door. Many and many a time. And tough to take in your own place. And in other places too. But this particular night, he was going with the old fiddle and the bow and his bag under his arm, <laughs> rubbing his backside. Yeah. Why? Why? And there was no reason why, except he wasn't good enough. But he couldn't understand that. And he was on his way home and he was passing this fort. And, like many another place... Eh? The old fort, overgrown as forts are because people live alone. And bright night, bright night. And there in front of him, in the road, small man. And the man put up his hand and he says, Hiya, will you play for us? <laughs> now, after what he had been through earlier on in the night, <laughs> less, than a, less than an hour before, Play? Huh? He said nothing, only looked at your man. Will you play for us, or won't you? There was a bit of a threat in the voice. And he says, but look, he says, I, I... Play, or won't play. And you see, if it was one of the boys, the lads, them, the fairies, you got your chance, and with them... They always needed a human being to do their business properly. And they gave you your chance. And if you obliged them, well, you were rewarded. And if you didn't oblige them, trouble for you. Now, all of a sudden, he came to his senses. And, oh, I, I will, sir, he says, but, but where? Where? And the fellow says to him, come on, come on. And in they went, in an old... Thorny bush gap. And there inside in the field where the fort should be, there was no fort. There there was a mansion. Three stories high. No, in that parish there was no such mansion. Brushen at that time was a poor place. The place, the, the landlord, he lived. Collis Sands was the landlord. He lived in Newtown Sands, which was... 16, 17 miles away and there was no such a big house but there was the big house three stories high and lights blazing in every window but there was silence and here was a driveway up to it now white, white driveway straight up to the house now I tell you he began to get a little bit frightened Sean but the small fellow says come on, come on, come on they're waiting there was no way out now. Where could he go? So on he went with the small lad. They came up three steps up to the doorway. Up the three steps. And there stood another small fella, dressed in 
old style clothes, knee breeches, and <coughs> he showed them in into this long hallway. And you now Sean was looking around him. Chandeliers, fine furniture, oak furniture. It looked like. No, he was a poor man. He only lived in a thatched house. And you know, he, he was thinking, like like you or me might go into the, the Gresham Hotel. Uh, you know, geez, I, what, what am I doing here? Especially if you had the money to pay for your dinner. <laughs> How am I going to escape from here? Uh-huh. So he, he was led down the hallway to these two big doors. Doors were opened inwards and there was this huge hall. And inside, inside, a crowd of women on one side, men on the other. And it was just like the church used to be in the old days. Women on one side, men on the other. You know, before the Vatican Council. And... Not a sound. They turned back to stare at him. And you know yourselves now, you know yourself, that it is, it is a very uncomfortable thing in the silence of a, any room to have people staring at you, but no words spoken. And the small fellow said, Go on, go on, play, play. And there above the top of the room he could see what looked like a... A low stage and three chairs. Obviously where the musicians were supposed to have been, but they hadn't showed up. Now, he walked up up between the women on one side and the men on the other. And I tell you, he felt uncomfortable because there they were staring at him, staring at him, no one speaking. (laughs) And his poor fiddle in the bag in his hand. And, of course, he knew, he knew now that to have to play for a crowd like this and the women in their long dresses and the men in their fine, fine silk clothes with their knee breeches, these were gentry. These were rich people in their fine house. And he, he was, how, 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 how would he keep these people happy after he'd been booted out of his own place? But up he climbed onto the stage and into the middle chair. And it was only when he looked down, and now looking at these people staring up at him, he got frightened, as I'm sure you would or I would. But he took out the fiddle anywhere, and they resined it up. And he started, expecting now every minute that people would start firing things at him. But he started playing. Oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? But the odd thing was, no. The men looked at the women, and the women looked at the men, and out they came onto the floor, and they started dancing. To his poor music, they started dancing and dancing, and they could dance. Now, it wasn't... It, he didn't know what kind of music he was playing. He was so fascinated. He forgot about his own playing and he was staring at them. And it was, the effect was like, you know yourself, or I know, or anybody would know. It was like a child at school that's used to being given out to. You're stupid, you're useless, you can do nothing. And all of a sudden he meets a kind teacher who says, Good lad, 
Great boy. Great girl. Good fellow. The more you're praised, the better you are. And here it was now. Uh, Sean, who had never been danced to before or taken notice of before, he began to forget about the fingers that were so stupid and the hand across the board that couldn't do anything. He began to play and play and play, and he was there hour after hour as they danced and danced and danced until eventually it began to dawn day. And he got a tap, tap, tap on his shoulder. It was the small man saying, Enough, enough. We have to go. We have to go. And hmm, he was led down off of the stage, down between the men on one side and the women on the other side. And the strange thing was, this time, as he passed, they curtsied to him. And there was still no word. And no word had been spoken all that night. But they smiled at him as they courtesied the men on one side and the women on the other side. They smiled slightly at him as they stared at him. And he was led out the two big doors, out of that big ballroom, down the hallway, out the main door, down the three steps and down the white road until he came to... Almost the main road, the public road, at the gap. And he was just about to go out when the small man said, Ah, 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 thank you. And you must be rewarded for what you did to us this night and for us. And Sean said, I don't want any reward. I'm so delighted that for once I didn't get a kick in the... And he was just about to say arse, but out of manners, he said, Oh, on the backside... No, said the small man, you have to be rewarded for what you did for us. Here, give me the fiddle. And Sean took out the fiddle and the bow. And now listen, said the small man. And he played a tune. Short, but I don't know, could you call it sweet or or lonesome? It was a mixture of both. Sean had never heard a tune like it before. It was hardly a minute and a half long. To be hard to quantify the length of it. It was so strange. And the little man gave back the fiddle and the bow. Play that, he said. Now, Sean tried, but of course he couldn't. It was fairy music. And the little man took the fiddle and the bow again, and he says, Now, listen. And he played it again. Gave back the fiddle and the bow. Play it again, he said. And Sean tried, but he couldn't. A little bit better, maybe. And the little man said, I'll play it one more time for you. So listen carefully. And he did. Now he gave back the fiddle because he glanced at the sky and it was almost getting bright. I have to go, he said, but go home. Practice that and it'll make a rich man out of you. Goodbye. And... He turned, and while Sean was putting the fiddle and the bow back into the bag, um, turned around to thank the little man. And when he turned, nobody there. The white road was gone. The great house was gone. There was nothing there except the old fort in the field and the briars and the bushes. But he knew it was no dream because in his head he could hear this strange music, strange music. 
So he hurried home anyway and went in. No, the door was open, of course, because Irish people were honest that time. <laughs> Not like today. <laughs> but, of course, the other side of it was uh, every door was open that time because nobody had anything to steal. In he went. He sat down by the fire, took out the fiddle and the bow, and he started to play this strange music. Now, he didn't get it quite well at the start, but he played it again and again and again, and it was better he was getting at it. Practice, practice, the little man told him to practice, and he did, but he had it only played about six times. When the bedroom door opened, and out came his father, big strong man. Out he came in his shirt. There was no such thing as pyjamas in those times. Out he came, and his two hairy legs sticking out of his shirt. Where were you? Where were you at all? Here, we were up half the night waiting for you, you blackguard. And he made for Sean, and his hands out. Oh, he was the kind of a man that would take you by the neck, big strong man, and he'd throw you. <laughs> there was no psychology about that man, I'll guarantee you. He was a savage of a bear of a man. And of course, Sean knew what was in for him. What did he, he kept playing and playing. And all of a sudden, what do you think? His father started dancing, 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 dancing on the floor, dancing. Now, Sean wasn't stupid. He saw immediately that, that, as long as he kept playing, his father couldn't strike him or hit him or touch him or anything else. His father had to keep dancing, and that's exactly what he did. He kept his father dancing, dancing, and suddenly his mother came down out of the room, and she started dancing. And his brother and his two sisters down there came out of their rooms and they started dancing. Well, he kept them all dancing around the floor for the next hour and a half until his father sweat rolling down out of him now until there was a pool of sweat around him on the floor. And he says, In the name of Christ, he's the blue staff or I'll die of a heart attack. I will, says Sean, if you don't touch me. Don't lay a hand in me, all right, says the father, I won't touch you. Only stop that cursed music. And Sean stopped. Up and down collapsed the father and the mother too down on the floor. <laughs> and Sean had so much practice at the tune got by then that he had it got perfect, perfect. Now, he remembered, of course, what the small man had said. Mm, that could make a rich man. No, that will make a rich man. But he wasn't a worldly kind of a fella. But <laughs> a tune like that? had never been heard in the parish before, or maybe in Ireland. And the strange thing was, of course, that his brothers and sisters, or many of them, they couldn't figure out. Oh, Sean, playing music like that, that don't make sense. Wasn't he always an Amadon of an Egypt? Eh? He couldn't play nothing. <laughs> and the word spread, where'd he get it? And the neighbours, they, they came to hear it. Oh, Lord, he was hiding this from us all, all these years. Wasn't he the clever lad? And next Tuesday night he was in, invited over to Murphy's because it was all house dancers that time. He was invited over to Murphy's to play. Eh? And he did. And he had only the one tune, remember? But it was fairy music. And everybody at Murphy's... A lot of money came to laugh, thinking that it was a great joke. But... The one tune that was played all night, the people that were listening, they were thinking, of course, that it was a different tune, different tunes, different tunes that they were hearing all night. 
even though he was only playing the one tune. They were fascinated. A man with such a big repertoire as that, even though they didn't know the word repertoire, that he had so many tunes. Where, oh, where, where did he learn them all? A mysterious man entirely. Aye, he was invited the next night to Sullivan's. Ah, but Fett, he says, no, hold on a minute, boys, hold on. I wasn't keeping all my tunes for nothing. It's going to cost you a shilling this time. Now, a shilling was a fair bit of money, but they were prepared to pay it. And the word began to spread. And the word began to spread over to Mulcahy's and uh, Roaches and this and that. And yes, for a finish, people were climbing up on the roof and looking down the chimney and listening below, below on the haggard. You couldn't get in the gate for a finish if you took two shillings and a half a crown, five shillings. Uh, a week's wages at the time. They were coming from Cashle Island. They were coming from Cordell. They were coming from Abbeyfield, Kilmorna. They were coming from Newcastle West for a finish. Even from Ratkeel. And uh, he made a fortune. Within a year, he was able to buy a field. Within two years, he was able to buy two feet, three fields. Within three years, he was able to buy a farm. It went on and on. He eventually ended up one of the richest men in that parish. And his people are still there today. And all because he did the fairies a favour. Don't you just show... Be nice to the wood people and they'll be nice to you. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. 
Code PROGRAM.